Hey, it's Matt Bowles. If you want to hang out with me in person, I'm going to be at the Latino Travel Fest in Elizabeth, New Jersey, May 31st to June 2nd. And I've got a 15% discount for you to join me. Just go to themaverickshow.com slash Latino. That's L-A-T-I-N-O. There you're going to see your 15% discounted ticket. There are going to be multiple guests from The Maverick Show attending, so you'll be able to hang out with all of us in person. You do not need to be Latino in order to attend Everyone is welcome. Again, get your discounted ticket at themaverickshow.com slash Latino. And as soon as you do, send me a DM on Instagram at Matt Bowles Maverick. Let me know that you're coming so that we can make plans to link up in person. And now here's a clip of what's coming up on today's episode. It is the best time to start a business is right now because no one's starting a business. I can tell you even tactically, Facebook ads have never been cheaper. It is so easy to build and scale a business right now because your competition is terrified. And you want to be the person that gets out of the tracks first, right? You want to be the person that's three months ahead of everybody else. So that means starting a business right now. is The Maverick Show, where you'll meet today's most interesting real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and world travelers, and learn the strategies and tactics they use to succeed. And now, here's your host, Matt Bowles. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Bowles. Welcome to The Maverick Show. My guest today is Liam Martin. He is a location-independent serial entrepreneur author, podcast host, and co-founder of Time Doctor, which has become one of the most popular time tracking and productivity software platforms in use by top brands today. Founded in 2012, Time Doctor is an eight-figure remote-first business with over 100 staff working from 36 countries. Liam's writing on the future of work has been published by Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, Wired, The Wall Street Journal, and The Huffington Post. Liam is also the co-organizer of the world's largest remote work conference, Running Remote, an annual event attracting more than 500 people from over 40 countries that teaches next-level, actionable strategies and tactics to manage and grow your distributed team. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the in-person conference was canceled for 2020, And instead, Liam is organizing Remote Aid 2020, a free one-day virtual event that is bringing together renowned speakers and experts to deliver unparalleled content on building and scaling remote companies. With thousands of people already pre-registered, Remote Aid 2020 will deliver cutting-edge content for CEOs, managers, and remote employees to thrive and grow in a remote work environment. Liam, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Real super excited to be here. 
Awesome to have you back, my man. And for anybody that did not hear the first Liam Martin episode, it was episode number 52. And I would highly encourage you to go check that out. We went through his entire backstory and exactly how he's built, what he's built, and have gone through his entire product offering and everything else. So super, super valuable information in that episode. Today, though, I wanted to bring Liam back to the show and dive right into specific actionable content that you can use today in our current situation that we all find ourselves in, because Liam is one of the top experts that I know on remote work, remote entrepreneurship, and scaling and running remote businesses. So Liam, I really, really appreciate you jumping back on the show on such short notice. And brother, I just want to open up by asking you just on a personal level, how you're doing, how is your health, how is your safety, and where are you today? I am relatively healthy uh, and relatively safe. I'm actually in a quasi bug out location. I'm in my chalet between Montreal and Ottawa, Canada. And I've been here for about six weeks. I did see this coming quite a bit earlier than I think the media did. So I bugged out at that point. And, you know, we've just been kind of living life. It's interesting reality. I've only been into the city twice in the last six weeks. And I'm sure wherever you are right now, if you're in a major city, you've just seen the same things that I've seen, which is feels like it's Christmas every single day of the year. There's no cars and parking lots. There's the only thing that's busy is uh, pharmacies and grocery stores. And who thought we would have been here three months ago? I think I can't remember the last time I was on, but I mean, the world was a completely different place the last time that we chatted. It was indeed. I was interviewing you from Russia. I was just about to take the nomad train across Siberia and then go through the Gobi Desert in Mongolia after that, and in the process of having all sorts of nomadic adventures, all of which, of course, have now been ground to a halt. I am actually in Asheville, North Carolina at the moment. I was uh, visiting my parents here when all of this started to become clear and escalate what was going on. And so we've actually all been sheltering in place here since well before the government instructed us to do that because that was clearly the responsible thing. So uh, fortunately, everyone here is safe and healthy. And I'm actually super grateful that I'm able to be with my parents through this time and that we're in Western North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains because it's a very relatively speaking, sparsely populated area and uh, a really, really uh, comfortable place for us to be. So I'm, I'm super grateful about the situation and, and who I'm with here to ride this out. But let's start today, Liam. I just want to ask you about your businesses and when the COVID-19 virus came and all of the effects that have come down as a result of that. What was the impact on your businesses? What was your mindset business-wise for responding to that? And what types of response measures have you personally taken in your businesses? Sure. So two major business assets that I can talk about, which is running remote and then Time Doctor. Time Doctor 
went up because it's time tracking for remote teams. And we had always made a really clear commitment about focusing in on remote work for Time Doctor. We wanted to brand ourselves a tool for time tracking in the remote realm. And that's obviously paid dividends at this point. But who would have known 90 days ago that it would have been the current situation that we're in? Running remote, on the other hand, it was actually planned on launching on April 20th. So uh, we were going to be doing it in Austin, Texas. And that got completely melted. I think our overall losses on that was about 150 to 250,000. I'd have to double check just to know for sure, because we're still in flux in terms of who we can get money back from. And anyone that anyone who's listening right now that was going to go to running remote, you can get a refund whenever you'd like. We would love it if you could stick with us until the next event that we're running. But if you want a refund, you can get it without any problem whatsoever. Same thing for sponsors. And I've seen both sides of it. So I've seen one business completely melted down to zero. And then I've seen another business do quite well. I think the insights that I can pull out from this situation is number one, if you're a software company right now, I would highly suggest you pivot into remote work or remote tools because that's the only thing I'm invested in a few remote companies, and then also some remote funds, some remote venture capital funds. And they're all, you know, two, three, four, five Xing right now, because they've just realized, and I guess suppose the world has realized that we've gone remote. And I actually think if you're in something like long-term company leases, as an example, office leases, probably your life is going to permanently change. And you need to be able to adapt to those situations now to prep for for what's coming. Because I don't think this is going to be something that, even though I just saw in the news today, talking about getting back to work in May, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think we're looking at probably six to 12 months realistically before we can get back to a world that we kind of knew three months ago. And how should entrepreneurs be conceptualizing this situation, assuming that they're not in an industry that just went up, right? Assuming they're not in the toilet paper industry or, you know, some of these industries that have just gotten a boom out of this, but a lot of entrepreneurs have really been punched in the mouth business-wise by this whole thing. And so for those business owners, what should be the mindset? How should they be assessing the situation around their own business and making decisions about adaptation? Sure. So an old university professor of mine, my supervisor, he was a UN refugee chair. So basically he was an expert on like refugee immigration movements. And he told me something that's been ringing through my ears almost daily throughout this entire experience which is in any type of natural disaster, the people that move live and the people that stay put usually die. So you need to think in that context. Your head needs to be on a swivel during the next few weeks because there are billions and billions of dollars being made and lost in the next weeks to months and you need to be able to adapt to that. So just from a kind of day one perspective, what I think you need to do is very quickly assess how badly are you hurt? Are you down 50%? Are you down 20%, 80%? I have friends of mine that are in all three of those categories. And then you need to be assess your PL. So 
what costs do you have right now that you can cut and keep the company functional? I would actually really look at a six-month window to be able to say, let's assume that nothing's happening and you're going to remain in the same situation for approximately the next six months. What do you need to cut to be able to have the cash flow at the end of that process? And in the United States, there's PPP and SBA loans and all these different types of projects. I would definitely talk to your accountant and lawyer to be able to get in on those, but fundamentally make those cuts and make them as quickly as possible. The faster you take action, the more you'll be able to survive. If you need to do an amputation, now's the time to do it, to be able to have that cash flow moving into the future. And then past that, I think it's then just looking for those different types of opportunities. So as an example, if you're in the real estate space, I'm sure that right now, virtual tours are probably going through the roof right? Moving to that type of model is something that you might want to start to do today, or maybe even actually investing in that model. Uh, do you have you know, that type of equipment or that type of technology inside of your organization so that you can move out and basically get into that space and start to move money? I know for me, I mean, I've been prepping for this for probably the last three years, both me and Rob, my co-founder and the CEO of, of Time Doctor, We've been prepping for an economic correction for quite a while. I might have even actually referenced it in the last time that we chatted. And we've been getting more and more liquid as we've been moving forward. So now I'm really sitting back and thinking to myself, where do I strike? You know, what do I buy? That's the other thing too is, you know, if you're a business owner right now and you have good cash flow, what businesses are you going to buy over the next six months? What can you, you know, I would actually say right now, just connected, hyper connected to, the digital nomad space, what co-working spaces are you going to buy over the next you know, six months? Because within about a year and a half or two years, that's going to come roaring back. And I actually think co-working spaces are probably going to 10x two years from now because everyone's going to be working remotely and they're going to want to have a place to go to to be able to get that social interaction that they're really missing in our current situation, which I love the media's definition of it, which is work from home which is very different from remote work where you can travel the world and be a digital nomad. You can go to co-working spaces, coffee shops, all those types of things. And we just don't have access to that stuff right now. Absolutely. Can you expand a little bit on what you think the macro impact of COVID-19 is going to be on the future of remote work? I think there's going to be two interesting forces that are going to be working almost in conjunction. You're going to have the employees that were not given the opportunity to work remote, and they have now been given that opportunity to work remote. So in two years, there's going to be a conversation of the employer saying, hey, hey, Michael, you've got to come back inside of the office, or Michael, you can't work from home. And then Michael will jump right back and say, well, I worked remote for nine months, and everything seemed okay. So what do you mean I can't work from home? So that's going to be one force. I think there's going to be a lot of people that have gotten that taste for remote work. They've recognized that it works. They've recognized that they're happier when they're working remotely, and they're going to push up against their employer to be able to get more of those opportunities, which also means that digital nomadism and all these other kind of attached things that are really down to zero right now are going to explode once we get the economy back up and running. The second thing that's going to happen, which is a completely separate force, is the employers are going to assess their P&Ls in six months. And they're going to say to themselves, 
I'm paying $300,000 a month for this office lease. And all of my employees are working from home. So we're not using this office lease, which is 20% of my P&L. And I think everything's going great. Our employees are actually more productive than they were when they were working inside of the office. They're getting more work done. Maybe we should just get rid of this office lease. So I think that those are the two forces that are going to be happening. And by my projections, 4% of the U.S. workforce was working remotely in 2018. I think we're probably around 70% of the U.S. workforce working remotely right now out of people that can. And I would probably say after this is all said and done, more than half of those people will probably stay in a remote work relationship. So that's to me, is a very interesting and exciting concept that we're all trying to get our heads around right now because dependent upon you know, where you put your time and energy, there are tons of multi-billion dollar and trillion dollar businesses that are going to pop up around that very, very quickly. We basically just fast forwarded remote work 10 to 15 years in three weeks. One of the most incredible parts of what you're saying is that some of the businesses that have been most pulverized by COVID-19 such as these work travel programs and co-working spaces that can literally conduct zero business right now. They've been completely ground to a halt. It is those specific businesses that if those brands can survive this and somehow find a way to stay afloat through this, that they are actually the ones positioned to have one of the most spectacular resurgence in the post-COVID-19 era. Yep, that's why I want to buy some. I want to buy some when they're really nice and cheap and then uh, be able to cash flow them to the point in which they come back. And then when all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're dealing with a couple million people in the US that could work from home. And outside of that, maybe only two to 3% are location independent or have chosen to go that direction. But in two years from now, you might have 20 to 30% of the United States, let's say 100 million people that are now working remotely. And out of that, maybe you have another 2 to 3% that are location independent. And that's a massive, massive shift. And they're going to be wanting co-working spaces. They're going to be wanting you know, these remote work or digital nomad kind of experiences. So I think that's actually going to turn into a, a very, very big space within the next two years. Let me ask you this general question in terms of businesses operating in the COVID-19 era as consumers and customers of our businesses are going through struggles that range from health struggles to financial hardship to just general fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And we see these trends of people, of course, holding on to their money and spending a lot less money on anything that is not essential right now. How should businesses engage with their customers in terms of sales at this time and being empathetic to what all the customers are, of course, going through? Well, I can tell you what we've been doing, which is probably not what everyone can do. 
So we've had a lot of people that have churned out of uh, Time Doctor, which is which is quite obvious. So we've been getting a lot of new businesses, but we've also been losing a lot of businesses as well. And what we do with them is we just say, what can we do over the next three months to be able to keep you as a customer? So in some cases, if they're an NGO, we'll just say, hey, you know what? We'll just give you the software for free. This is a difficult time. Go ahead with it. You know, we'll figure out what to do later. And then for other companies, we've been giving them discounts, like a 90-day discount period, as an example, so that they can just get through this difficult period and then pop back up later. The same thing with running remote. So we postponed slash canceled the event. And I've spoken to a couple of other conferences that honestly have not taken the same approach as us. And our numbers are vastly, vastly different in terms of refunds. I believe our refund rate was below 5% for running remote. And and other conferences that I've talked to, their refund rate is like 30 to 40%. The reason why we have, I believe, such a low refund rate is we came out right at the beginning and we were very clear with everyone. This is the situation. We're not in control of this situation. We are postponing the event. And then right after that, if you want a refund, here's the email address if you're attendee. If you're a sponsor and you want a refund, here's the email address for that. We are absolutely and positively refunding every single person inside that wants a refund that's associated with running remote because it's really important that we create that long-term brand awareness that we're not going to try to hang on to your money in any way. And ironically, counterintuitively, we actually ended up keeping a lot more of that money just because we were very honest and open with people. So I think just addressing things in a really human way, understanding where everyone's at, if you can afford to keep a customer up and running, even at cost during this time, then I would highly suggest you do it because they remember that. Uh, We're getting letters from customers of ours that have been with us for six or seven years saying, hey, we're down by 50%. We can't use Time Doctor anymore. And then we'd come back and say, what can we, here's our at cost price and we'll do it with you for the next, you know, we'll we'll work with you for the next 90 days. And they just come back with these fantastic emails, really appreciative of everything that we've done. And that obviously we're not making any money now, but I'm absolutely positive that will produce dividends over the next couple of years. Awesome. I also want to ask you about the concept of business leadership in a virtual environment and what some of the differences may be between in-office leadership and virtual business leadership. So for CEOs, managers, business leaders that have maybe just recently been thrust from an office environment into a fully remote environment, what are the keys to effective virtual business leadership? Sure. So remote leadership really boils down to a couple important factors in general and one very specific one for the pandemic. So just in general, you need to be able to communicate very differently inside of remote teams versus in office models or on-prem models. So there's no can I have a minutes inside of remote companies. And there are a lot of remote companies that have just been newly made remote that are not really doing it correctly. I spoke to a company that they decided to have their Zoom on all day long 
every minute that they worked. So if you were working, you had to have your Zoom on and you could hear everyone's conversation. They had like 80 people on their Zoom. That's not the way to do it. It's just really disruptive and you're not actually going to be able to get any long-term work done. So instead, communication and meetings have to be planned. So you have to really say to yourself, hey, I'm going to meet at this particular time. We're going to talk about these particular things. This is the outcome of this meeting. You have to be a lot more disciplined than you were before. So I use two kind of main meeting models. I have a weekly sync and I have a one-on-one. And sometimes monthly we do an AMA all points. So the weekly sync is just what are the key metrics that every single individual inside of the company is responsible for? You mark them down. You have a Q, a quarterly target. We have our Q2 targets right now. In every single week, that employee is going to report in on those metrics. They're either going to be great, good, or not good. In your one-on-ones, then you're going to sit down with the people that are good and great and say, hey, great, can you do better? And then the ones that are not so good, you need to be able to sit down with them and say, how can I get you to good or great as quickly as possible? The other side of this that's pandemic-related is it's really important right now to be able to measure everyone's mental health. There are team members inside of our company that had almost complete nervous breakdowns live uh, in front of me or in front of our therapists that we have hired on contract to be able to help everybody out where you know an employee will say, hey, there's a body bag in my lobby as an example, and I'm terrified to go outside. What are the solutions that you can deploy immediately to be able to lower their anxiety as quickly as possible? So in a lot of cases, it's actually a lot simpler than you would think. Maybe it means like you are Amazoning them some groceries or you are um, even just doing more video calls with them to keep them in good spirits. Mental health isn't something that just happens or doesn't happen. It is a slow process. Chemical depression takes approximately about two months to get into, and it takes about six months to get out of it. So it's really important to measure all those variables and basically keep people working, keep people focused, uh, make sure that they're not just on vacation because if they have a goal, any goal, it keeps their mind off of all of the things that are happening outside, and then also monitor that. So make sure that everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing to make sure that um, they're not falling behind and you have. I want to take just one minute out to let you know that in addition to hosting The Maverick Show, I am also the co-founder of Maverick Investor Group, a real estate brokerage that helps you buy turnkey rental properties in the best U.S. real estate markets from anywhere. So these are single family homes, sometimes two to four unit properties, and they're either brand new or fully renovated, and they already have tenants and local property management in place. So you get all the benefits of owning the deeded real estate, the physical house, the hard asset, without the headaches of being the landlord or the rehabber or needing to live near the property. So I want to offer you a free consultation if that sounds interesting to you. To learn more about it, you can just go to themaverickshow.com slash consult. And now, back to the episode. A, a mental health emergency on your hands in a month or two. 
Let me ask you to expand on the mental and emotional health thing a little bit. I think that's super important for every human being, including the business leaders. And I want to ask for any specific tips that you have and maybe what you're doing yourself, Liam, to keep your mental and emotional health and keep your spirits up to get through this obviously objectively challenging and distressing period. Yep. So I use a journal called a five-minute journal. And inside of that journal, you can just Google it. You have a measure every single day, how good am I feeling out of five? And that's a really good measure for me to be able to monitor my own personal mental health. So you know, am I down to a three some mornings? Why? Let's assess that. Let's figure out why that's an issue and maybe I can address that problem. Uh, saying that I always have is the secret to life is being comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. So you can even have those with yourself. So, you know, what's really nagging at you? What are the big issues inside of your own personal life that you can help address? I'll give you a perfect example of one if you want to be completely open. My partner and I, we are having our first child in July. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And we are very, very concerned about where we're going to give birth. So that's been something that's been in the back of my mind for a very long time. And that anxiety has been building up. And I recognized through this process that that was a major part of the anxiety that I had. So my solution was, We've now hired a private uh, birthing center. We're hiring a couple other people. And I know that not everyone can do this. Fortunately, I've got the cash to be able to make this type of decision. But that solved my anxiety. So I could get back to work and I could relieve that problem in my life or at least lower my level of anxiety. So assessing that yourself is really important. And then you just need to go through that same process with all of your employees. And a lot of them maybe don't want to talk to you, but just always showing them that you're available to be able to chat because that's really important because everybody is going through this. Even the people that don't admit it are going through this right now. And for the business leaders that are managing remote staff now, what are the keys to effective communication collaboration, and project management? Biggest thing that I'll give people when I talk about building and scaling remote teams is it's people, process, and tools in that order. So if you're already managing remote people, it's really important to be able to align those people culturally to where they're at, build out really clear process documentation, which is something we could do a completely separate podcast on. Uh, That's how remote companies scale. So very rarely do you see a remote organization with more than 100 employees that don't really have very clear processes on everything that they are doing. This is a perfect opportunity to refine your own processes inside of the company. I was just giving a podcast yesterday about auditing all the sacred knowledge inside of your organization. So what does one person know how to do that no one else knows how to do in the company that if they were sick, as an example, for six weeks, the company couldn't function. Perfect example, had a company, guy got sick, has coronavirus, and he's the only person that knows how to do payroll inside of the business. So they're now trying to figure out how to cut everyone's check because they don't know how to do it. Those are examples of things that are really scary that you need to be able to audit for and you have the opportunity to do it. The other part of this is cross-training. 
So we've been doing cross-training. Everyone in the company has been trained on support because if 20% of the team is sick at any one point and you really have to look at that and say to yourself, assume 20% of your team is sick at any one point, how can you reorient your organization to make sure that everything's functional? We knew that support above everything else was the biggest open kind of possible wound that could take us down. So now marketing, sales, customer support, even some of the developers have all been cross-trained on support, which we could only do because we had process documentation and a playbook on how to actually become a support rep. So those are the little details that I don't think a lot of like on-prem founders or business owners really understand. And those are the little things that if you can execute on them, you can have a fantastic remote business. I'd love to transition now and talk about the Remote Aid 2020 virtual event that you are putting on. And maybe you could just start by talking us through from inception until now, who is it for and when is it and what can people expect? Sure. So uh, inception was we had to cancel (laughs) running remote and we were pretty unhappy about that. Obviously, that was a long time coming. We were actually working behind the scenes to be able to postpone the event as quickly as possible. But shutting down an event of that size is a logistical nightmare. And there's a lot of a lot of details behind the, you know, the front of house, which is which is a big issue. But we said to ourselves, well, let's turn lemons into lemonade. What does the world really need right now? They need some information on how to get themselves remote as quickly as possible and hopefully survive this economy. And we knew that, at least from our experience, there were a lot of teams that would go remote and then not succeed. And we knew the difference between successful and unsuccessful models. So we said, well, let's just focus on that. So usually running remote is very advanced. It's like, you know, remote 398. This is remote 101. And we had some great people. Everyone is volunteering their time, which I'm very excited about. We've got DHH, who's the co-founder of Basecamp, Noah Kagan from AppSumo, Steli Efti from Close.com, Lori McLeese. She is the director of HR for WordPress, which is a multi-thousand remote employee team. Tasso Duval, CEO of TopTow, CEO of Monday.com, co-founder of Microconference, Rob Walling. We've got David Hassel, CEO of 15.5, CEO of X-Team. I mean, just there's a ton of people. You just go to runningremote.com and check it out. But all of these guys have volunteered their time and they're really focused on trying to make sure that everyone gets through this intact. Uh, as much as possible, because I think it's not just about deploying remote. I think that we're all kind of in that stage right now where it's just like, okay, everyone's working from their computers. I guess we're working remotely. And that's true. But within the next two to three months, if you don't have the right information, it's going to be the difference between your business shuttering and your business succeeding. So that's the information that we're trying to get into as many people's heads as possible. And that's why we put together remote and everything goes to charity. Right. So it's on April 20th. Everything goes to the Red Cross. And, um, you know, if you want to make a donation, you can. And if you want to sign up for free, you can as well. Amazing. First of all, that is incredible that you are putting this on completely for free. So anybody that is in a challenging financial position right now can attend the entire thing completely for free. And anyone that does have the 
financial wherewithal to make a voluntary donation. 100% of those are going to charity. So super awesome. I know that you already have a couple thousand people pre-registered for this event. And we are going to put the link in the show notes of how all the listeners can register to uh, join and attend the virtual event as well. So that'll be at themaverickshow.com. Just go to the Liam Martin episode number 80, and the link will be right there. Liam, let me ask you a little bit more about what will the presentation topics be that these people will be discussing? And by the way, for anybody that is not familiar with that entire list of names that you just went through, that is an incredible group of really big time heavy hitters in the industry. And I know they're all on the website. We're going to link up to that in the show notes so people can go and check out who these people are directly. But what will they be presenting on? What will the content of the event be that people can expect? Sure. So it's going to be stuff like really practical. Your team is now remote. What do we do? Right. What's kind of the, the crisis assessment of where you're currently at? We're going to be doing stuff like selling in a crisis. Steli Efti, who is the CEO of Close.com, CRM for remote sales reps, he's been selling remote for 10 plus years. You know, he's best in class at that kind of stuff. Simon Harrison, he's the, I think he's the CMO of Avaya, which is probably a company that not many people know, but it's the largest call center technology on the face of the planet. His company just helped take a million people remote this month. So he's going to be talking about that, like how they actually ended up doing this, which I think is crazy. People like DHH, co-founder of Basecamp, he published the New York Times bestseller Remote, which is you know absolutely definitive in the space. People like Amir, who's the co-founder of Doist, he's going to be talking about communication inside of remote teams. And the beauty of it is it's online. So, you know, you can come in, you can come out, you know, it's it's one of those things that isn't necessarily a really strict multi-day commitment. You can do it from your computer. We'd love to be able to have the event in person. And our goal is to get back to that, obviously, once this is all said and done. But we said to ourselves at this point, let's just try to create as much value as humanly possible. What do people need right now? And we think that the universe will kind of, hopefully, um, we'll get those dividends back a couple of years later. Liam, let me ask you this. I know you are intentionally making a lot of the content very accessible to everyone, but will there also be some more sophisticated and niche topics discussed and the ability for participants to interact and ask questions to the experts about their specific predicament situation? Oh, yeah. No, that's absolutely. So the other thing that's great is we're using a platform called Hopin. And Hopin is not just a Zoom call. So it's an actual, like, conference space. So we're going to actually be implementing roundtable discussions with people that want to talk about a particular subject. And we've got a bunch of people that are leading these roundtable sessions. And we're talking about very, very advanced stuff. Uh, I believe Amir is going to be doing a roundtable on asynchronous versus synchronous communication inside of remote teams, as an example. Those are 
perfect examples to kind of go as deep as you want inside of remote work. So there's a little bit for everything, but the main stage is very focused on you're a company, you weren't remote two months ago, you are either thinking about it or you currently are. How do we make sure that your business is still operating six months from now? Well, that platform sounds completely incredible. So what will this be like and feel like for the participants? So we go, we get our free tickets, we join the event. What will the participant experience actually be like? So you're going to have three main stages. We're going to be giving talks at three separate main stages. You can come into one of those stages basically virtually sit down, listen to a talk. You can ask questions either through text or you can literally get called upon to be able to do a video question directly with one of the speakers. You can also hit all of these roundtables and you can just jump into different conversations. There's also going to be a whole bunch of virtual booths. This is the other thing that's kind of cool is um, there are these virtual booths where people will be able to talk about their different products. And we've assembled a great group of people that are going to help us out on, you know, remote work tools, how to do the logistics of remote, all those types of things. And they've all committed to be able to give super deep discounts just for this event. So again, we're trying to help out as many people as possible. You know, when we asked people to be part of this and we asked them to be part of the booth, we said, well, we want a discount that you're not giving anywhere else. Like we want something that's very exclusive just to this event because we're trying to just get people up and running. Uh, And a lot of them have understood where we're coming from, which is if we help everyone out over the next three months, six months, 12 months, I think we're going to make that back uh, long-term. And that's kind of the, the general idea of the event. That's amazing. Now, if people are listening to this after April 20th, will this event be recorded? And are there ways for people to access the recorded content after April 20th? Yeah. So if you go to youtube.com slash running remote, we are going to publish everything up there for free. So you'll be able to get access to all of that content. And also, too, you can go on to our private Facebook group, and you can also go on to our Twist group that we're opening up for everybody. It used to just be for people that paid, you know, $1,000 for a ticket, but we're just opening this up to everyone because, ironically, actually, the people that have attended, that have paid the $1,000 to go to the in-person event for Running Remote, they're really now experts in the field, which is mind-blowing. So we also believe that the previous alumni can also help out a lot of people as well. So if you have a question, you can post it there and you'll usually get a response pretty quick. That's awesome. We are going to link everything that Liam has mentioned in one place in the show notes at themaverickshow.com. Just go to the Liam Martin episode number 80 and there you'll find links to the Facebook group and you'll find the link to get your free ticket to attend remote aid as well. Liam, let me ask you now about productivity during the pandemic. Some people are working at home for the first time. Other people might have been working from home before, but now there's a whole different ballgame because 
you know, kids are home, there's homeschooling going on, maybe there's a spouse that didn't used to be home that's now home, you get groceries being delivered, you got all kinds of stuff. The environment has changed. And so I would love to ask for tips that you have on optimizing productivity during this period. Sure. I can go from theoretical to very actionable, just to give you the the top things that I really see. Most important thing that you need to do is create a sacred space in your home for work. So I have an office. That's a big advantage for me. I close the door. I am currently at work. If I close the door, if someone wants to get in contact with me, I tell them to text me. I am at work, meaning I'm not just in that behind that door. I am somewhere else. And you need to really reinforce that with everybody and coach everyone inside of the the home that you're in to say, hey, you know what? It's not cool that you're coming in here and you're disrupting my environment because this is, as I said, a sacred space for me. If you can't get an office, then get like a desk or get even a spot on your couch where you only do work. I use Time Doctor to be able to really lock myself into that mindset. So if I booted up Time Doctor and I've gone through my task list and I go through my first, I click on my first task, I am at work. So I'm focusing on work stuff. I'm not getting, you know, notifications on Facebook or any of this kind of stuff. If I get a call from a friend of mine, I will literally get up from my chair. I'll take the call and I'll leave the office. And I know that that sounds kind of weird, but it really works to disconnect yourself from your work to your play because now your social life and your work life are really butting up against each other and it's important to be able to create a clear division. From a tactical perspective, some of the tools that I love is like I'm currently using the Bose SoundTrue Ultras, which are $70 earbuds. I really like them because they're super comfortable, but they also have a very good microphone and we get it for all of our team members inside of the company. I tell everyone to go, everyone that works for me, to go to speedtest.net, have them run a speed test, send you back the URL. And if they have an upload or download of below five, upgrade their internet, just pay for it because you won't be able to do Zoom calls or Skype calls reliably inside of that environment and outside of all the project management and task management systems that people usually use. And I'm quite agnostic about that stuff. If you're a Skype guy or a Zoom guy, it doesn't really matter. One honorable mention that I think is really great for just this current time is crisp.ai, which is K-R-I-S-P.ai. And I know that we're not on video right now, but I can do things like I can crunch a can live. I can snap my fingers back and forth. I'm currently snapping my fingers right now. And it sounds pretty annoying if there's a dog barking, if there's a baby crying somewhere. What Crisp does is it samples all of your audio live and then it removes it on a Zoom call. And super cool. And the great thing about it is that it's free on one end. So basically your outbound stream is completely free. And then I think you pay three bucks a month to be able to do that to other people on the inbound stream. Really powerful tool and really kind of gets rid of all of these small problems. I was talking to my accountant this morning and the TV was blaring in the background. Gave her crisp, got her to install it, and then poof, just the TV disappeared uh, because her husband is in the living room with her while she's working. So 
you know, those tools are great. Again, at the end of the day, I think it's just keeping that sacred space, making sure that it's not disrupted. Once you get through that, which might be a little bit painful, everything else is details. Liam, let me ask you about the way that entrepreneurs should be thinking about opportunity during this period. So there's obviously a wrong way to do things. And we've certainly seen a number of people trying to take advantage of certain things in the wrong way during this time. But what is the right way for entrepreneurs to think about opportunity in the COVID-19 period that could lead to something post-COVID-19 if they really want to try to add value, solve problems, and so forth? What is the right approach? Yeah. So I think number one, before you do any of these things, just be true to yourself. And you know exactly who you are, right? So if you're that guy that is, in the, you're saying one thing publicly, but then even to yourself, you know that that isn't true, just stop it. It's, it's not going to work out for you long term. You know this, right? It's just, you've got to really, if you're going to sell something to somebody, you truly have to believe that it's going to help them. And if you don't believe that, then don't do that. Uh, it's not, and I know that it sounds short term right now, that that's going to work. Long term, that is not going to work. And actually, even in a lot of cases in the short term, it's not going to work. With that said, Getting into these niches is definitely going to be the future. Uh, we have basically over the last month performed the largest labor experiment in the history of mankind. We've taken everyone out of their offices and factories and we've put them behind computers. And no labor shift has happened in a faster or larger way than this. So what are the businesses that are going to come from that? I, I got off of a phone call with a guy yesterday who had been doing this small little business about a year ago. And his business model is if you're a remote worker or if you're a remote employer, you want to get a whole bunch of equipment for your employees, like a microphone or a headset or a laptop or a desk or a chair. But you don't want to spend $5,000 on all of those things right up front. Well, he will purchase that product for you he will make sure that it's shipped to that employee's home and he'll make sure that it's all up to date and working properly and then you just pay a monthly fee. So you don't have to actually absorb all of those costs right up front. You can do it over three to four years. Genius business model. He takes a small percentage for his action on that deal and these are businesses that are probably going to be within the next two years, $100 million, $200 million businesses. There's a ton of those businesses that are going to pop up. You just have to look at it and say to yourself, where can I uniquely add value inside of this situation? And what am I also really excited about doing? Because like anything, when you start a business, if you don't love it, you're not going to succeed in it. And the last point that I'll leave you with is the opportunity in general. I know it sounds bad right now. There is 20 times the opportunity today than there was two months ago. It is the best time to start a business is right now because no one's starting a business. I can tell you even tactically, Facebook ads have never been cheaper. It is so easy to build and scale a business right now because your competition is terrified and you want to be the person that gets out of the tracks first. 
right? You want to be the person that's three months ahead of everybody else. So that means starting a business right now on whatever level you can to be able to get to the point in which you can get that pickup and, and pop it back up. If you don't strike quickly in an economic downturn, things happen so much faster. So again, it just goes back to my original thesis. You got to keep your head on the swivel. The people that move live, the people that stay put die. Awesome. I feel like that's a really good note to wrap up on, Liam, but I want you to let people know, first of all, how they can find you and follow you on social media. You have an incredible YouTube channel that you're putting out really high value content. I have gone through a lot of your videos on there. Super helpful stuff. And then, of course, let folks know how they can register for Remote Aid 2020 and attend that for free? Sure. So youtube.com slash running remote, that's the place where I'm putting all of our video content and all of our previous talks are up there. So if you know nothing about remote work, you can go up there and get a pretty good education by the end, not just from me, but a whole bunch of domain experts on everything connected to remote work. If you want to check out Remote Aid, just go to runningremote.com. And outside of that, just grab me on social, which is at Liam Remote. Uh, usually that's the handle that I use on most social media. And drop me a line. I'm, I'm really happy to get back to you. Biggest, fastest way to get in touch with me, which is kind of counterintuitive, is on YouTube because I like YouTube. <laughs> so if you put a comment down there, I'll usually get back to you in an hour or two. Amazing. We are going to link all of that up in one place. Just go to the show notes at themaverickshow.com. Go to the Liam Martin episode number 80, and you're going to see everything that we talked about, all of the tools and resources that Liam recommended, how to contact Liam, and of course, how to get your free ticket to Remote Aid 2020. And Liam, I wanted to just thank you again, man, for coming back on the show on such short notice. So great to have another conversation with you, brother. Thank you for, for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. Good night, everybody. Be sure to visit the show notes page at themaverickshow.com for direct links to all the books, people, and resources mentioned in this episode. You'll find all that and much more at themaverickshow.com. If you like podcasts, you will love audiobooks, and you can get your first one for free at themaverickshow.com slash audiobook. Whether you want the latest best-selling novels or books on investing, business, or travel, try your first audiobook for free at themaverickshow.com forward slash audiobook. Learn how Maverick Investor Group can help you by cash-flowing rental properties in the best U.S. real estate markets, regardless of where you live. Schedule a free phone consult today at themaverickshow.com slash consult. Now you can buy rental properties with tenants and local property management in place so you don't have to be a landlord or a rehabber to get your questions answered and discuss how Maverick Investor Group can help you meet your real estate investing goals. Schedule your free phone consult today at themaverickshow.com forward slash consult.